is our Everest. Greetings, culture vultures, and welcome to This Is Our Everest, the analogue TV podcast that didn't get famous until it was 70 years old. Makes you think, doesn't it? Well, it does. I mean, there's hope for all of us. Obviously, not anyone who's listening to this over the age of 70 might as well throw himself on the funeral pyre now, but anybody under that age... You've got a chance. Wait, I mean, look, as was proved decisively and patriotically last year you can do it at 99 years old <laughs> patriotism yeah, yeah. There, yeah. It, was, let's be, it was let's be let's be reasonable here for a moment it's only common sense obviously what we're talking about here is a woman who spent her life perfecting her patented technique of Dog training. Are you saying that's more important than raising money for the NHS? Well... Because I think you should be stripped of your citizenship. I'm trying a different angle this week. See if I can increase our listening figures. I would argue that you shouldn't actually have to raise money for the NHS because the NHS is not a charitable foundation. Yeah. Um, And, in fact, there would be no need to raise money for the NHS were it funded properly. So, in other words, you're a communist. I'm a communist, yeah. Right, Okay. Um, This week, we have been watching the first episode of the ten-part... BBC series Training Dogs the Woodhouse Way. Yes. From 1980. This first episode was first broadcast on the 7th of January 1980. Mm-hmm. This was a big hit, this show. As well as um, being on the BBC and being repeated on the BBC, it was also shown on more than 100 TV stations around the United States. Yeah. Well, the thing is that when it reached the end, of this episode, my YouTube kept also playing, and it also played into something from a couple of years later. It also played into an episode of Barbara's Problem Dogs, yes, from 1982. And I didn't hang around because I was a bit sick of her voice by that point, <laughs> but I did know that she managed to get the word walkies into, like, the first five minutes of that programme. Yeah. And the word walkies did not make an appearance in that episode that we watched. And I want my fucking money I think, and half an hour of my life back. I think it did, actually, very briefly, once. But, obviously... I expect it like a fucking machine gun fire. That's what, I'm, that's what we're here for. I mean, let's get my dog experience out of the way, shall we? Okay. We had a dog. <laughs> we had it for about 14 years. That's fairly standard amount of time. She was a lovely dog. I love that dog to bits. But it is the only dog that I've ever really cared about in any way whatsoever. And if anything, I'm... I prefer cats. It is true to say that even during the time that I've known you, your general demeanour towards dogs has changed. Dog Twitter. Dog Twitter has done that. And Dog Facebook have done that. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, you we've were... Had this, we've definitely had this conversation on this podcast before. You were ca- you were always casually interested in, in dogs, particularly yeah. good-looking or notable dogs. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to say I don't like dogs. I would go so far as to say I don't like quite a lot of dog owners and people who would like to be dog owners. Yeah, yeah. I don't like quite a lot of dog people. Barbara Woodhouse and you would would be sympathetic in that, at least, because that was the basis of her entire training scheme, the idea that there's no such thing as a bad dog, only... Yeah, yeah. only inadequate owners. Well, I mean, there is such yeah. a thing as a bad dog. Yeah, there you is. Know, yeah. Dogs can be psychopathic yeah. or just incredibly violent. You know, they're, they're, 
They're, they're, they're perfectly capable of having those as character traits. Yeah, it's true. We may have bred them until they're mutations, complete mutations of what they originally were, but they do still have, you know, f- freedom to form their own personality. Yeah. We've tried, but you can't completely eliminate it. No, that is true. So, you know, yes, it is possible to be a bad dog. Of course it is, you know. Um, you have that conversation with somebody who, I don't know, has had their face mangled by <laughs> one or something. They're often very down on dogs. Oh, right, yeah, no such thing as a bad dog, is there? <laughs> well, uh, maybe. Yeah. Well, you, do you know what I mean? It's like, I, I hate black and white and polarised opinions. You know what I mean? The answer is always somewhere Yeah. on that spectrum of grey. And to say that doesn't mean that you think it's in the middle. Yeah. It just means that the world will not be cured by simplistic fucking answers. No. This shit is complicated, you know? And black and the black and whiteness of the modern world fucking riles me to a state of real distraction, you know? <laughs> and increasingly, as I get older... Like I say, you know, I don't think I'm even particularly moderate when it comes to my opinions and my viewpoints. I don't think I'm that moderate. You know, I don't th- I think it would be a stretch to call me a centrist. <laughs> but the no passaran to other ideas <laughs> pisses me off about both poles of the political spectrum. Oh yeah, I think most people are probably sympathetic with that. Yeah, and like I say, I'm not a centrist. No, or a dog lover. And it's the same with this, you know, this idea that uh, no, all dogs... I get what she's saying. I understand that she's saying that in the vast majority of cases, any problems with the behaviour of a dog rest at the door of the owner. Yeah, as a rule of thumb. Yeah, as a rule of thumb. I get that. But there can also be dogs who are just cunts. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, speaking as the owner of a dog who is an absolute prick, I take umbrage at the fact that it's my fault. Because it isn't. Yeah. Uh, He was always always like that. And ultimately, I mean, yes, he is now very senile. Yeah. But... It should also be pointed out. He was like that before. When he was like that before he was senile. He's just worse now. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm a bit like that with the kids. I can only make so many allowances for your age. There comes a point when you have to see something that is completely obvious and actually fucking take it in for once. Yeah. That's the worst thing about having kids for me. It, apart from the crippling cost and the complete abolition of a social <laughs> life and, uh, you know, the, the, the missed sleep yeah. uh, and the stress of worrying about yeah. them. Apart from, apart from those, those things, things, the very worst thing about having kids, particularly kids my age, is, is the repetition. Yeah. I tell my kids every single fucking day, at least five or six times to sit back from the television and it's not because i think the television's going to give them fucking radiation poisoning or anything like that it's because i don't want them to get their feet up there and knock it over again which they are perfectly capable of doing yeah the one before died as a result of a missile <laughs> they are also under th- very strict orders which they do actually finally seem to be taking in that was the sound of me touching wood. Yeah, I gathered that. But they are also capable of kicking it over backwards. These things, these TVs these days don't weigh a, like a feather, you know what I mean? They're yeah, so well, long. I mean, you see, people didn't think it through, did they? Yeah, so I'm like, just sit back, sit back from the television. And I have to say this at least five or six times every day, okay? And it's every day, and it's all the time. And the thing is that every time I ask them, didn't just goes, oh yeah, sorry, okay, yeah, 
and just jumps back. <laughs> There's never any complaining about it. They genuinely forget. So it's it's so weird. Did you have any sympathy with uh, Barbara Woodhouse then watching this? Because it does sound a lot like dealing with a dog. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is basically. They are dogs that learn how to talk. Yeah, they they are basically. Uh, and actually, this is an opinion that I've long long held: is that having them makes more sense if you understand them as puppies. <laughs> rather than human beings. Yes. If you get into your headspace, these two are puppies, and they're going to be for fucking years. (laughs) Yeah. But they will get better as they get older. It's just going to take such a long time. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of whittles on the floor before you get there. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, we're kind of through that phase now, at least. One of them goes to the toilet, and the other one... The literal only reason he doesn't is because he's so small, we're worried he might just fall down. Well, that can happen. I mean, uh, I've certainly heard of toilet-based accidents involving toddlers. He is, yeah, he is tiny, and his brother is massive. And so, I don't know. Like I say, he, he, he needs to grow a little bit before we really start on that. I think he'll get it straight away. Oh, I should hope so. Um, well, he's the he's the smart one of the. Two. I mean, it's not fucking complicated, is it? To be honest, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, welcome to every single thing that I see all day, every day. <laughs> anyway, Barbara Woodhouse. D- you know, yeah, Barbara. Yeah, and so yeah, Barbara Woodhouse. I, I, she reminds me of a teacher I had. Oh yeah, Mrs. Killick. She was my form teacher in my first year at Bowman, wow. which would have been three years after this program was broadcast. She uh, sounds like a rum old bird. She was an English teacher, and she was my form teacher in the first year. Mm. And she would she'd been at that school since like the Boer War. The Boer War, yeah. I was going to say the Middle Ages, but yeah. Well, I mean that would just be ridiculous, wouldn't it? That would be that wouldn't make any sense at all. She was. She spoke exactly like Barbara Woodhouse. Well, that's actually that's a, 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 an excellent uh, jumping off point into the program. What whatever became of women who spoke like Barbara Woodhouse? Because they used to be everywhere. On this series, I propose to teach all you and the viewers my method of training dogs, which I hope you'll find is a very quick one. It doesn't take six months. It's almost immediate if you do what I say. And, of course, I'm going to repeat that what I think is that there's no such thing as a bad dog unless mental. It is simply an inexperienced owner. So if you do exactly what I say, which I hope you will do, and enjoy doing it, and this is most important, tone of voice, signals, everything to make the dog happy and enjoying doing its training, I think you'll find it's very quick, and I hope you will benefit by it, and all the viewers will benefit by it. It's it's received pronunciation, isn't it? So they were taught it if you went to a good school. Well, I guess so. If you went to a, if you went to a grammar school or a public school, um, you were taught... Receive pronunciation. The Queen's English. Because Barbara Woodhouse was, in fact, Irish. Yeah, but, you know, it doesn't... It's it's a cultural... You know, it's entirely a cultural thing. Yeah. At the same time, if you went to a comprehensive or whatever they called... What did they called schools that weren't grammar schools before? Um, technical... Technical colleges. Technical... Yeah, technical colleges. You, they didn't teach received pronunciation there because it was assumed that you would never need it. Well, no. That That's what the accent is. And, of course, it's fallen from favour as the BBC has slowly done away with it. And there is kind of still a version of it. Um, the BBC... Have you ever flicked through the BBC's kind of style book? <laughs> I Unfortunately, I have not. It's very. It's more interesting than you'd think. And there's a lot of it to love. <laughs> you know, it's a weighty tone, but it's very interesting. If you can dig it out, well, then uh, I would suggest having a look at it. The BBC are, are basically a very lovable and weighty organisation. Communists. Communists, yeah. Um, this programme, I mean, this, this programme made Barbara Woodhouse a star. As I say, she was 70 years old. Mm. By 1983, she was essentially being parodied in a James Bond film. So, yeah. so immediate had been her cultural impact. By 1988, she was dead. Yeah, I as know, is yeah. the want of 
people who become famous late in life. I mean, you know, Captain Tom Moore could tell you a thing or two about that. Well, yeah, yeah. Likewise, um, Terry White. <laughs> I think Terry White is still alive. <laughs> is he? I, I believe oh. so. Oh, good for him. It was quite a modern opening to the programme, I thought. A bit of a cold open scenario. We... Yeah, I wondered if it had actually snapped in, like kind of, you know, a couple of minutes late or something, or, or some weird yeah, YouTube people will cut off the opening and closing credits no. because but no we had because they're, because they're monsters we, yeah the yeah yeah we had a very modern cold open where we went straight into meeting some dogs and owners uh, Rosie the Beagle is extremely disobedient she was yes you've got her love but not her respect was Barbara's assessment of of yeah. Rosie Fifi the Shih Tzu is very barky Polar the Labrador won't stay Andy jumps up. Barbara, who obviously wants to put everyone's mind at rest, went, oh, I'll stop it for you. <laughs> which which yeah, was ominous. Was a, ominous. And then straight yeah. into a, a very plinky-plonky and upbeat piano introduction. Ah, well, the thing is, the, the, um, the programme that it auto-played to afterwards, okay. that had the same piano music. Ah, okay. That piano music was very obviously Barbara's brand wasn't it i guess i guess so i mean i i was i was unaware of it so she didn't do a particularly good job i mean there were only three channels when this was on the theme tunes at the time became indelibly associated with people in a way that doesn't happen now yeah so i'm kind of almost surprised at the fact that i didn't know that barbara woodhouse had her own darts walk on music (laughs) But, but oh, at the God. same time, I'm not surprised because when I try to recall it and I have forgotten it already, all I'm getting is the entertainer. Yeah. Because it was basically a piano ripoff of the entertainer. And it's weird that somebody should do a piano ripoff of the entertainer because that would have been out of copyright by 1980. <laughs> Woodhouse's darts nickname was. We've got a walk-on music. Well, it's got to be walk-onsies. Oh, yeah, it's walkies. (laughs) Walkies Woodhouse. Walkies Woodhouse, yeah. We joined Barbara at her, I mean, presumably kennels, but it's more like a stables, if we're honest. A stables for dog. And then this long line of miscreant pet owners who can't control their beasts wander out Mm. with their dog. I have to say, there was one bit when they were all sitting in a line with their animals and she was talking about choke chains, as she was right the way through it. Yeah, we'll get into that because that is quite heavily the body of this piece. Yeah, I want to return. I do want to return to that. Well, it's a good job, really, because it wasn't yeah. anything else in the program. Yeah. And all these people are sitting there in a line with their dogs on chairs. And I was watching it, thinking, if I was one of those people, I would not be paying the slightest bit of attention to what she's saying. Well, that would have been... She is definitely too far away. So I doubt if I'd be able to hear her that well. Yeah. I've already had some one-on-one time with her, so I probably learnt more from that than I'm going to from this. She shouldn't be trying to tell me something now that I need to know. That you know that that should have been covered when we were having our uh, alone time. Yeah, and it's a very, it's it it's and so the whole thing it's it's very odd. It had the feel of a country fate about it. It did. And I have to say, I think your point about one-on-one tuition is a very valid one. In fact, I wrote it down that ultimately the... If I can show them. You yeah, show you... them, you get them to do it, get them to repeat it until they're doing it right. 
And that's it. Move on to the next one. You don't stand there in front of a crowd of fucking people and try and tell them important shit about how to not choke your dog to death. This method of leaving, you know, leading people around in, in essentially a line so that they may judge and be judged by all of their fellows. I'm judging them. It's no, it's no real way, for me at least. I mean, obviously some people would uh, lap this sort of thing up. It doesn't seem like you're necessarily going to pick up the finer points or, no, of, of her training not. method. And of course... There's going to be all this background noise going on. I mean, for God's sake, quite aside from anything else, there's a whole TV crew there. Yeah, and 30 dogs. 30, 30 dogs. badly behaved dogs. Yeah, 30 dogs who were so badly behaved that they've ended up on the television over it. It's like a crime watch parade. When Barbara Woodhouse gets near any of the miscreant animals in question, they all seem mm-hmm. to buck their ideas up as if to, as if they finally met their pack leader. Yeah, it's like she's got a kind of dog attracting aura yeah, about her. She's got a Vulcan mind grip over all of these dogs. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get that. My, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You've got to exude my new partner. She, she's a vet tech, and she's like the fucking cat whisperer. And I've seen before and after photos of these furious-looking animals. <laughs> that they like that's photo one, and photo two is her giving them a big cuddle, and they've just like. Well, you, you know, you need that. You need a, a, an element. Of yeah, that. you need. Yeah, you need. So. I know perfectly well that it is possible to be somebody who has an aura that makes them fall into line. Whether or not it's possible to teach it is another question. Well, the thing is, that the stuff that she's doing is that she's not really teaching the dogs to do anything. She's teaching the owners so that the owners can teach the dogs over a longer period of time. Yeah, but the owners don't don't have a gravitas. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's it's all about the manoeuvres. And if you get the manoeuvre right, yeah. you know, you get this, you know, you get this done, you don't strangle poor old Fido. Yeah. Well, then um, uh, uh, the more you do it, the more confident you become with it. And that's how you get the aura. Yeah. Well, now she's got it. She's got it coming out of her ears because she's been doing this shit for years and years and years but that doesn't mean that an owner can't acquire well i'll put it this way right barbara woodhouse has got so much of it coming off her it's like a pheromone dog (laughs) pheromone it's going all over the place yeah that they she can do that to any dog because that's how good at it she is she just has to look at a dog she's never seen before the owner, by contrast, is somebody who's already familiar to the dog, who they know perfectly well, and in almost all cases, really, really like. Because yeah. dogs like everyone. But don't respect. And how do you get somebody's respect? You earn it. And so the owners in these cases have got to put in the time and get to a point where they can take their dog for a walk without its eyes ending up bulging out the front of its head. <laughs> now, you know. the the bulk of Barbara's method, in this first episode at least, is getting the equipment right. And it seems to me like Barbara is of the opinion that you no dog training should be attempted without the correct choke chain for the dog. This can be used to uh, pull the dog back. It makes a clicking sound, which sort of reaffirms in the dog's mind what's uh, what's being said to it. Yeah. And obviously, 1980 were it was a simpler time. Nowadays, the program, even on the BBC, would be absolutely chock full of recommended products from the Barbara Woodhouse choke chain line. Yeah, well, I mean, first things first. This programme's 1980. I got a dog five, six years later, one or the other. What is this choke chain thing? Well, I'm glad that you said that, because I... Because because it sounds to me like it's a metal chain that you put round a dog's neck that you get it to obey your commands under threat of asphyxiation. You give it a good yank. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I've seen them before. 
Yeah. Probably, I don't know. I think I associate them with larger dogs. Yeah, I mean, what I had a... She was pretty big, this dog. She was a, like a Labrador kind of greyhound cross. She was pretty... She was... She was yeah, well, big enough. very much the size of dog that yeah. you need a choke chain for. And we did not have a choke chain for that dog. No, no one <laughs> she does. She did not need it. She didn't need to be choked to behave herself because she was brought up in a really loving house. Uh, my dad absolutely loved that dog. First time I saw him cry. My mum said that. First time I've seen... <laughs> Actually, I think my mum said... I think my mum said, I went with him to the funeral of both of his parents. And he didn't cry at either of those, but he did when they put the dog down. Well, it's true, but then again, neither of his parents could lick their own arsehole. Yeah, but I mean, that, no, I mean that dog was brought up in a in a in a in a loving house by people who really cared about her, and it was very obvious that they cared about her. And we never had any obedience issues whatsoever. I used to take her for walks. I used to take her for these great big long five, six, seven mile walks. Just to get away from everything and just to listen to some music, you know. Yes. And uh, it would not have occurred to me that a choke chain really existed. (laughs) That, you know, we had a collar and we had a lead that snapped onto the collar. Yes. There you go. And that's what we had. And yeah. well, that seems to be very much the norm. Looking around, dogs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't really know that many people who've got dogs nowadays. I mean, my ex-wife's best friend has got a dog that occasionally pitches up here. It's a staffy, I think. Fuck that. Um, yeah, I don't like it. It's uh, well, I mean, I do. It's it's just kind of a little bit skittish. <laughs> Oh, Just God. a tiny bit. It's kind of nervous. I think it, it could do with a choke chain. Because as, as we've learnt from this episode... It might well have one. As we learnt from this episode, Barbara went to great pains to point out that a nervous dog can have it jerked out of them if, you get, if you've got the right choke chain. Well, this is the, you know, the corrosive influence of American culture, <laughs> is that I giggled every time she said jerk. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm afraid. So. All this, all this, all this, all this talk of jerks and chains, Barbara. I've got an erection now. What, what are we going to do well, about that? Yeah, there is, there is a lot of and it. Don't say, there? and don't say, down boy. <laughs> there is a lot of it about, you know. There's a lot of bondage connotations, and then she gets yeah, on yeah. with the jerking. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and the you, you know, pay, you pays your money, you takes your the choice. correct way, the correct clip. To attach the lead, it's all. Them. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I was, I was watching this. I was watching it and thinking all those things, and thinking, you haven't had sex for fourteen months, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's why you're thinking that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, anyway, I'm like a dog, I'm like a dog with two bones at the moment. Anyway, yeah, let's let's deal with some of the specific. <laughs> Some of the specific dogs. I thought my favourite of the featured owners was Mr. Chalmers. Mr. Mr. Chalmers. What type of dog? He had a nervous Doberman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Barbara Um, was going to shake the shit out of this dog until it was no longer nervous. Now, but the thing that struck me about uh, Mr. Chambers is that he seemed to be scared of, one, his dog. And two, yeah. Barbara. Whereas the dog itself seemed to be perfectly content in Barbara's company. And I think would probably have been a little bit disappointed when he had to end up going home with the same bloke who brought him. Yeah, but that doofus. Get rather ineffectual doofus. i tell you what, right. My favourite dog okay. was the Irish setter. Purely... Oh. Because of the difficulty that she had getting the choke chain over its ears. Well... <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I thought for a minute she was going to have one in and one out. And this, that would have been perfect. This is the thing This is the thing with choke chains, isn't it? I mean, it's all right if you've got yourself a greyhound or a Staffordshire Bull Terrier or something. But when you're dealing with an Irish setter, there's a lot of hair. There's a lot of ears and tongues and... Yeah. You know, snoots. 
that are going yeah, to yeah. potentially get in the way. And but it doesn't. She doesn't seem to deal with any of this. And I do wonder how robust her method is. Yeah. When you take choke chains out of the equation, have you, has she got a second move, or is she just going to say, "Well, if your dog won't sit in his bed while you're eating your dinner, what you need to do is get its choke chain back on and start yanking him around the." Tie a noose round its neck. Yeah. Bring out your portable dog gallows. It did seem... but I mean, she was very, very strict with all of the owners about exactly what you should do. Do this. Do that. Don't do this. Use. Keep your hands up. Don't use your right hand. Use your left hand. Do this. Jerk that. Yank this. Yeah. But well, it was it know. was all based on the yeah. dog having its choke chain, having the correct choke yeah, chain. Well, yeah. And being on the lead. But dogs aren't always on the lead. No. This is no. what I've observed. And look, you say and you you say and all that. I've got an erection again. <laughs> but, um... Tap your leg and encourage her. Say good girl, walk on a bit faster. That's good. Get rid of your hand. Once you've encouraged her. That's good. Let's take your hand off that lead and hold it in front of you. Take your left hand off. That's right. Put your left hand in front. My left hand in front. Left hand in front, Mrs. Field. Keep your hand out of the way. Up here. That's right. Oh, that was good. Halt. Sit. Make them sit when I say halt. Gosh, I shan't enroll you in the army. You'll go straight into the enemy tanks, wouldn't you? That's the thing, isn't it? I don't know. Is the choke chain a cheat mode? You know? Um... Who, who knows? The only thing I know for sure is that my conscience would not let me use one of those. Well, that's all. I, that's all I can say for certain. Whether that makes me a good dog owner or a bad dog owner, I have absolutely no idea. Absolutely none whatsoever. Well, first of all, she went through all of the different choke chains that you can get, and there was a bewildering variety. And then she went through how you should measure a dog's head to make sure you've got the right size. And then even then, she was congratulating some owners on having the right size and the right type, but they put it on the wrong way round. So it was an yeah. accident waiting to happen. It just seems fraught with complexity to me. My my dog's got a harness, and you put him yeah. in his harness, and he barks yeah. like a prick because he's a prick. But then <laughs> you attach a lead to that, and then off off you go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I say, we had a collar that she wore all the time. I'm about certain that she only had one collar her entire life, and when she was, like, fully grown until she died. It was, like, brown leather collar, and it had, like, a little brass disc with her name and our telephone number on it. As all dogs should have. Yeah, in case she got out. Yeah. And that was it. Um, And there was a, like I say, we had a brown leather lead, that snapped onto it, and that was it. If if I needed her to sit down, I told her to sit down, and she sat down. Yeah, I think and certain certain breeds of dog are better. The breed of dog that I yeah, well, okay, look, <laughs> if you're the sort of person who can't deal with dogs like that, my advice is get a dog that isn't like that. Yeah. That is excellent. Yeah, one like advice. the one that, yeah, like the one that I had. Yeah, yeah, I would no have. No bother I, at all. No bother whatsoever. Absolutely, uh, trade trade them in in a minute. But this is just, I mean, this is another thing that she didn't really deal with. You know, I think she deals with dogs as a sort of amorphous mass, whereas actually, breed does make a a, a big difference. If you have, for example, if you're stupid enough to have a West Highland Terrier, for example, you have to accept that they are bitterly stubborn and will be disobedient, not because they don't know how to be obedient or not because they don't want to be obedient, but because they're too stubborn to be obedient because they're little pricks and I hate them. Yeah. I mean, going back to... Oh, oh dear! God. Oh, so this is this is therapeutic. Isn't it? Well, it I is. Mean, I mean, even if we're, 
we might well end up ha- the two most hated people in Britain over this podcast. But it's uh, I'm getting some. I'm getting some good CBT in. Do you know that all, one of the Lit. things that I, I did note down is that all of these dogs are dead now. Oh, yeah, well, of course they and are. And some of these people are dead now. It was 40 years ago. For, yeah, most of the people I'd suggest are probably dead. Even the, even the puppies, even the adorable little puppies, dead. Yes, dead because so. it was 40 years ago. I know. I don't well, know why people find that so upsetting. I just it think was forty years ago, dogs have a life expectancy usually of between fourteen and eighteen years. I, I I find that sort of thing impossibly tragic in a way that I don't for people. Yeah, um, well, that's because you're a psychopath. Well, it's possible, but I, I think Barbara was showing definite signs of being one of those people who prefers animals to people as well. Oh, plausibly, yeah, quite plausibly. But I mean, you know, it's yeah, it's just one of those things. Going back to your choke chain thing. <laughs> oh, now I I've think got an erection. The, well, I haven't finished yet. I think that one of the. I have now. Oh, I think that one of the reasons. <laughs> I think that one of the reasons that you might be thinking that she's over dependent on the choke chain is because you watched. The choke chain episode. That is possibly true. I mean, I haven't seen it. I think any it's entirely plausible that the other nine episodes don't feature choke chains hardly at all and that each one features something different. Yeah. You know, episode two is gimp suits, episode three is a set of stocks and a rubber pig mask. <laughs> <laughs> episode four, everyone's just having a big wank. <laughs> <laughs> as the exactly. dogs watch <laughs> but um <laughs> but i do yeah i it, it it took me about five or ten minutes to get to that i was like hang on a minute no he's he's being an idiot again isn't he this episode is about choke chains so obviously that's all she talks about my issue with it was that i didn't really know that choke chains were a thing and that therefore all i was watching was basically 25 minutes of animal cruelty, as far as I was concerned. I was like, oh, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, I was extremely confused by a lot of it. I, I felt that I needed... If I were to actually put a dog training programme into you know, any sort of good use, I would need a more rudimentary opening episode. Possibly, mm. you know rudimentary to the point of this is the head end this is the bar. yeah yeah this who comes out here food goes who in comes there. out here food goes in there and these things in the middle make it go along <laughs> they've got these two things that near the front of their face just think of them as being like cameras and the two things on the side of their head they're like yeah. uh oh, they're like and, well they're like ears yeah. They are ears. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and they use their noses for everything. That is true. Absolutely. They can smell cancer. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, oh, I can smell osteoporosis. There's nothing worse than meeting one of them cancer-sniffing dogs. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. It's going to make you nervous, isn't Stay it? well away from them. Get that bloody yeah. dog away from <laughs> Yeah, get that dog away from me. I do not want to know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose, you um, know, I've complained a lot about my dog, but at least he knows fuck all. So if he comes over to you, he doesn't know if he needs a shit or an haircut. Yeah. It's, it's usually it's usually both. both. <laughs> so do you think that you would be interested in watching more of these? It's a very strange programme. It's, it's like a... a a lecture it's oddly sedate it's very repetitive mm. and i was just perennially distracted well because it, by it's again it's repetitive yeah but again it's repetitive because it's got to drum it into a tv audience as well people are going to be watching this yeah. and taking notice of it you know and this isn't a time when there's videos so that you can go back and rewind or there are but there's a tiny number in this country in 1980 yeah so yeah you've got to repeat it you've got to repeat it for the people who were there you've got to repeat it for the audience because that ultimately is how you learn it i imagine there was a 
accompanying book. Yeah, I should think so. I mean, I'd be. I mean, I'm not going to do this. Came with a free choke chain. If somebody would like to contact this podcast and explain to me how it works in comparison with that thing, whatever it's called, my dog from hell, or you know, my shitty ass dog, or whatever it's called. Yeah, there's a program called It's Me or the Dog that I know of. Yeah, that. Probably. But, yeah, but where they get my shitty ass dog <laughs> sounds pretty incredible. If I'm honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> help, my dog's a cunt. <laughs> Please help me deal with my dog before I kick it off this cliff. <laughs> oh, too late. <laughs> too late. Please help me get another dog. <laughs> and stay out of prison. I don't need a I don't need a dog trainer anymore. I need a lawyer now. Yeah. And a really good one. Yeah. But no, I mean I'd, I'd be interested to see a compare and contrast between her methods and the methods that are used now. The, yeah. Because I assume they're not the same. I'm I'm not one of those people who's going to go, oh, it was better in the old days when you could strangle your dog to death with a metal chain and no one <laughs> did nothing. <laughs> Maybe that's why all the dog shits were white in the 1980s. <laughs> I bet that's how Pickles died. The <laughs> 1966 World Cup. No, that dog died. Like a year or two afterwards by getting its chain caught on something and strangling to death. It was chasing a cat, I think, or chasing a bird or something uh, in a park. And it got its, uh, it got its, yeah, it got stuck on a branch or a tree or something like that. And and then the dog strangled. Probably, probably had an incorrectly um, worn choke chain. That's like one of the most famous dogs in this country. I would say so. Pickles, yeah. pickles. pickles. The, the the patriotic nineteen sixty six World Cup. Bobby Moore wiping his hands before he shook the Queen's hand. God bless his soul. Yeah, because he's just wanked off at pickles. <laughs> no, no, communist. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going for a new audience. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose. Yeah, pickles is a very famous dog. Uh, yeah. It's really and the he, only he got... competition is. Shep, maybe. Shep, pretty famous. Uh, yep. Goldie, I remember I mean, Goldie, the um, yep, Goldie, golden, yep, golden and retriever. they're both Blue Peter dogs. And so you know, Hacker T dog, he's another one. Is a puppet. <laughs> Still a dog. No. <laughs> apparently, all right, apparently not. Still a puppet. <laughs> No, I mean, I'd be interested to see a compare and contrast uh, because I don't think that her techniques are used anymore. I would be very surprised if they were still used. But like I say, I'm not like a YouTube commenter. So I'm not going to go on there and go, oh, well, you can't do anything now. Can't be, can't call yourself English without putting you in prison. (laughs) Strip, stripping you of your citizenship. I think that the modern dog training programs are informed by the same thought process, whether or not they use the same methods. But I think that they are yeah, all boiled yeah, down I to the know. fact that you're yeah. preparing the owner to properly look after and socialise the dog. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like, like I say, you know, I I am certain. And I take it, you know, I'm entirely happy to do it in good faith, you know, is to assume that there are very good reasons why dog training techniques and what have you would have improved since 1980. But the very fact that she commands the respect of all the dogs so very quickly it's almost worth the entrance fee on its own. That's seriously impressive shit, you know what I mean? And that yeah, yeah. demonstrates that she knows what she's doing. You know, it's not a matter of saying, well, look at all these people from 40 years ago. They didn't even know how to look after a dog without strangling it. Yeah. It's not about that. It's about the fact that they knew what they knew. They did it the way they did it. Yeah. Most people don't think an awful lot about that sort of shit. But I tell you what, after 25 minutes of it, I couldn't think about anything else. Apart from the jerking. <laughs> and, and and the uh, restraints. Yeah. Get a cat. That's that, that's my advice. If I had to give yeah. one piece of advice from watching this programme, get a cat. Yeah, you don't have to take cats for walks. don't have to take them for walks. You don't have to try and train them because they're going to do whatever the hell they like. 
And I find yep. that very, very liberating. Yeah, you're just some bloke who lives with them. You yeah, know? yeah. You know, they might be a good roommate. They might be a really bad one. You'll find out. It's true. And actually, the same can be said of, of dogs. It's just the difference is there's an expectation there that they w- uh, will behave themselves, even though they yeah. won't yeah. and don't and can't, because they're all little pricks. Anyway, having discussed training dogs, brackets, the Woodhouse yes. way, I keep saying that she was 70. In fact, she wasn't 70 until later in 1980, so... Oh, 69, then. <laughs> nice. Um... <laughs> So yeah, oh. let's let's. I tell you what, that's a perfect, oh, a perfect dear. segue to get what into our creepy centres, isn't it? Oh Christ, I've I've, I've already in mine. <laughs> so uh, yeah, creamy centres. What have we been watching? I watched a bit of Blankety Blank earlier this Well, week. I'm aware of that because you yeah. sent you sent me the clip in question simply one of them, one so of them. that I could see the stellar cast. Of it was a stellar cast. And it was a Les Dawson episode, which you well yep. know I prefer. Because anyone who thinks that Terry Wogan is the best on Blankety Blank doesn't know anything, if you ask me. Yep. But who who did they have? Um, Cheryl Baker. Yep. Molly Sugden. Yep. Keith Harris and Cuddles. Yep. Nicholas Lindhurst. Yep. Mike Reed... As in the comedian, <laughs> yeah. not the not 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 that Mike Reed. No, there was no there was no racist <laughs> calypso in the middle of this episode. Not, you know. And then um, there was somebody else who I can't remember. There's always one. There's Stella, Stella incredible cast. cast. Yeah. So yeah, I watched a couple of those. I watched an episode of. The revival of the rag trade, and I've never seen the original The Rag Trade. I know it had Reg Varney in it because Reg Varney was already famous by the time of On the Buses, so I was like, Oh, because this was like a year or two after On the Buses finished. I was like, I wonder if he's in the remake or the the reimagining of The Rag Trade, Uh, and he wasn't, but his role was played. I was delighted to see. And I sat through a whole episode solely on the basis of this. By Peter fucking Glazier. Okay. I was delighted. Peter, are you familiar with Peter Glazier? I know the name. He's an actor and comedian. He was the comic foil on Crackerjack. Oh, Jesus. For many years, for 25 years. And he had a catchphrase which has gone on to become one of the most famous catchphrases in the world. And nobody is 100% certain whether it somehow made its way from one to the other. There is, in theory, no no obvious link. But it's so close to it that people say, well, it must come from it somewhere. And I don't know if anybody's ever asked the script writers or the people who make it. Do you know what it is? I do not. Don't! Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it's exactly the same. If Peter Glaze was a comic stooge, basically. That's an an excellent catchphrase for a stooge. Yeah. And they would have these kind of skits and sketches in the program and something would always inevitably happen to Peter Glaze or Peter Glazier would inevitably do something that would make him go don't well and for a small number of people when the Simpsons first came on in this country and whatever it was 1990 or 91 or something there was this kind of did he just use Peter Glazier's catchphrase yeah I think the chances that it's almost certainly a coincidence, but I like the I like the possibility because you've got to bear in mind that these are, you know, the people that did The Simpsons are very fucking well read in comedy. That's true. They yeah, do yeah. know their shit. And Peter Glazier did Crackerjack for years and years, but he did other stuff as well. He's best known, best remembered for Crackerjack. 
But would I be that surprised? Well, I can't say it's impossible. I'll put it that way. Well, that, that's, that's So there fun. you go. That's a, that's a cool little... So, yeah, so he was in it anyway. And he's... he's I, I like him anyway. He's one of those people who's just got a funny demeanour. And uh, and so, yeah, so I, so I watched that. It was a bit surprising. Going back a little bit further, just scrolling through it, uh, I, I watched the entire video of Paul Nicholas doing reggae like it used to be. Um, and then I, clean, I cleansed my palate by watching Rose Royce do Love Don't Live Here Anymore. Wow. <laughs> that sounds like a late at night choice to me. People who aren't familiar with... Paul Nicholas's song <laughs> Reggae Like It Used To Be <laughs> uh, It is the Paul Nicholas Go to YouTube of. now Go to YouTube now Do it now Pause this podcast I'm going to be saying this a lot Pause this podcast Go to YouTube now And just search For Paul Nicholas Reggae Like It Used To Be I'm always amazed when people haven't heard of this sort of thing Jesus um, Christ! It's uh, it's it's uh, it's 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 a piece of music. Honestly, yeah. Out of out, yeah, yeah, him out of just good friends. Yeah, it honestly it may it makes Dreadlock Holiday sound like Marcus Garvey by Burning Spear. Uh, and those, I think, well, that's that's the highlight of my creamy centers. I think uh, my creamy center this week is. I watched all 13 parts, I think it's 13, of the early 1990s BBC documentary series The Power and the Glory, which is about the history of motor racing in all of its forms. Oh, okay. It's pretty It's pretty good, I have to say. Um, that's on the quite, tube, is it? It's on the tube, yeah. Uh, it's quite Sterling Moss heavy. Yeah, I might give that a go. Uh, but it deals, you know, it deals with drag racing and stock car racing and oval racing and road racing and all, all of the different types of racing that have coalesced into the wonderful sport that we now know. Stick a pin in that, listeners. Am I right? <laughs> and there's Am a. I, right? <laughs> I have no idea. Well, I, I mean, I we're leading up. We're leading up to the next big question, which is what are we watching next week. So I don't know the answer to this. Hopefully, it's got you lots don't. of sterling moss in it. It has not got any sterling moss in it. Okay, it is from the fifteenth of October, nineteen seventy-four. That's your dad's birthday. My dad's thirty-eighth birthday. There we go. It's lift off with Aisha, with special guest star Barry Blue. So what? <laughs> put that in your pipe and smoke it. So hang on, what what even is this? It's Lift Off with A Show. Okay. Which was a 1970s music show made by Granada TV. Yeah. It was more kiddie oriented than Top of the Pops. Okay. There was like a a studio audience of small Small kids. Very, very interesting, all of this, actually. Because it was hosted by Aisha, who is still alive. Aisha is still going. It says here, I'm just having a look at a Wikipedia page now, because you do want to check. She was the first Asian ah, okay. presenter of a TV show in this country. She was also a celebrity in her own right. She dated Steve Winwood. Chaz Chandler and Rod Stewart. <laughs> she was a regular on the Golden Shot and Celebrity Squares. Oh Lord above! She had acting roles in in Jason King. Have you ever seen UFO? Um, I have the not. The Jerry Anderson live action thing. No, from I ha- I've, I've been I've been offered it on a number of occasions by a number of streaming services, but common sense has always got the better of me. No, give it a watch. It's good, and and she's in that. She's a recurring character okay. in that. Uh, so throughout the kind of early and mid nineteen seventies, she was um, big deal. You know, she was a she was a hot property, and well, yeah, uh, a trailblazer by all accounts. Yeah, and 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 def- definitely 
a trailblazer. Uh, she would do. She would actually perform a song or two in each episode. Nice. Um, and it's you know, well, you'll see when we watch it next. Well, week. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I have to say, I am very intrigued because I have never heard of either the program or its host or its guest. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, Barry Barry Blue is a kind of end of the peerish glam rock dude oh god he does who uh did a song that i really like actually called do you want to dance oh i hope he's doing that song in this episode it's really 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 good in a kind of it's an ever so slightly tacky song uh quite tacky as a glam rock song but it's also been produced in such a way that it's got this slightly otherworldly sound to it. It's got a, everything in it has got a ton of echo on it. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a very strange. If you go onto YouTube and look for it, there's a because ch- I've looked on YouTube before. Uh, I think one of the first things on it is like a he's got a live band and it doesn't sound the same. It doesn't sound as good. But if you find like the original recording of that song. I I call that as a decent song, one of 1974's better songs. Wow! But this is actually an episode. This will be an episode from the very end of its run, ran from 1969 to 1974. 144 episodes, though. So you know, it was, it it did a turn. Well, as yeah. they say, seemingly so. So something to look forward to there. So your special guest star is Gar- is Barry Blue. But there's much, much more going on, and I look forward to your reaction to watching it. Jesus Christ! Oh, there's trepidation building. But then, yeah, well, the thing is, it's only twenty-five yeah. minutes, and also, yeah. you know, there's no way back now, is there? I mean, I've, we've already entered into this stupid project. If, yeah, if it says I, here she was engaged to Roy Wood. Grief. What a life she's led. Going out, just imagine going out on a date with Roy Wood. Well, with that, having with his hair forty-seven different colours. Yeah, and then bumping into of... Chaz Chandler and Stevie Winwood. Or bumping into Jeff Lynne and getting in a fight. <laughs> it's Asia. So good, she only had one name. Yeah, I think that your reaction to this <laughs> is going to make or break whether I get a Christmas present from you this year. <laughs> <laughs> this may be the last episode of this podcast because this might be what does it for you and the thing is that you have no idea I'm delighted with my choice oh god anyway I think that's us done for this week um, I reckon anything further to add no I think we've thoroughly covered mm. bondage Roy Wood and all the other pertinent issues yeah yeah, you want to chuck in a comedy dog noise for you know? Well, for effect. I don't know, but I think my dog has probably been providing the comedy dog noises throughout this podcast, and I, I can only apologise to all the listeners for that. Oh, I try yeah. and edit out as many as I can, and I will be trying to edit him out later. <laughs> yeah, well, you, what you want to do there is uh, sit him down in front of this program, watch it with him. You might learn something. Well, he might do. Um, he won't oh oh well anyway we'll be back same time next week almost certainly (laughs) (laughs) thanks very much for listening and goodbye